The On Security Podcast aims to inform and challenge the viewer on all things cybersecurity. Our sponsor, Onshore Security, is a premier provider of full telemetry cybersecurity detection via its Panoptic Cyber Defense Service and Managed Security Solutions. Hi, I'm Stel Valavanis. I'm the CEO and founder of Onshore Security, and we decided that it was time to do a podcast. We've been doing webinars for a couple of years and just had some great discussions and realized that it was the discussion that mattered, not necessarily the presentations. Uh, seeing what's out there, just great, great material. Uh, love all you podcasters out there. Uh, but just found out that trying to narrow it down a bit and get into topics we wanted to talk about really uh, was going to be valuable. And we've been asked a few times, uh, especially when we've had some of those webinars that did that. So um, I've got with me, um, uh, you know, Josh Eklo, who's going to be our, our producer. Say hi, Josh. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. great. And, um, and for our inaugural uh, uh, episode, we have uh, Stephen Kent, who is the, the CTO of Onshore Security. Uh, say hello, Steve. Hello. Great. Well, let's get into it. Today, uh, I wanted to talk about something Steve and I kind of like go back and forth a lot. And sadly, we can uh, go ad nauseum about it, but we're going to really try to keep it short for you all. Uh, the intersection of compliance and security and understanding that the goal of compliance should be risk management. Um, I certainly got some pet peeves kind of about this, and I get asked about this a lot with customers, and I find it hard to kind of, I don't know, convince people, I guess, of how important this really is. But let's let's go ahead uh, and get into the kind of the, the framing here. So, Steve, give me your kind of, you know, whatever. Brief description, like how do we define risk? What would you? What was a nice kind of in a can so, kind of way? You so could like, when we talk about risk in general, but in cybersecurity specifically, what we're usually talking about is the likelihood of a an event, and then how much impact it will have on the organization. So it's usually a factor of those two things, a multiplier. Okay. So a chance that something bad will happen might be very small, but the impact of that would be enormous. Okay, so, so we, you've got, that so, would be potentially a medium or high risk, depending upon your organization. So it's kind of like it's got like an exposure component. It's got a likelihood component. It's got an impact component. Now, impact, you know, isn't necessarily the immediate impact. There's the post impact, like recovery, whatever. I mean, so. What other, is there any other thing right. that mixes in there? What about like, a, I mean, impact could be, impact is a bigger topic, like Right, so impact and, could be anything from the, you know, the impact of the organization to be able to carry out business. It could be an impact to the reputation of the business. Yeah, it could yeah. be an, an, an impact to the productivity of the business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, impact can be a lot of different things. Okay, so... But, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But you have to decide when you're looking at your organization and your what you do, what your business is. Obviously, different businesses have different concerns about impact. Yeah. So yeah. you may believe, for instance, it's not necessarily mm. as impactful if, you know, some of your documents are exposed publicly if you're 
you know, a, um, a flower shop or something like that. Whereas if you are a, a, a healthcare provider, exposing that PHI data may be very impactful. Uh, uh, I also like to use the, you know, flower shop as the, uh, you know, the, the archetypical, uh, um, you know, organization that you wouldn't think has much risk. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, but we have, you know, compliance for these things, supposedly, right? I mean, uh, the, you know, you know, yeah, I thought, you know, compliance should be able to kind of tell us, dictate us, encourage us, you know, whatnot to do things to, to mitigate risk. So how does compliant mitigate or manage risk? So compliance. So when we talk about compliance, we're usually talking about a set of frameworks that have been devised by different organizations, whether it's the U.S. government or um, by credit card providers or by uh, banking regulators or state regulators. They will provide um, a guidelines for compliance, right? So whether we're talking PCI, DSS, we're talking about NIST, we're talking about ISO internationally, these are really frameworks that that mm-hmm. are there to help you mitigate risk. They're to call out specific areas of business operations mm-hmm. and ask you to examine each one of those with regards to you know, potential impact and potential exposure. Well, but then um, how do they magically know or, you know, overlap or intersect with, with you know, the, the risk you have? Again, risk being, you know, not just the exposure, but the likelihood, right. the impact, whatever. Or, right. I mean, let me put it in a little different way. What's the danger of having a compliance-centric approach, that checkbox kind of mentality? So... So there are, again, there's compliance as it should be used, which is as this guide and function of mitigating risk, right? So what we do on the ground is we use compliance to say, you know, we care about things like access control because access control lets us um, uh, give, give a set of controls to who has access to what data, Right. Then there's compliance as a lot of organizations utilize it, which is as a burden, as a checkbox, as of saying, "Hey, I, you know, I'm doing uh, work for Department of Defense, so I need to be NIST 171 or CMMIC compliant or CMMC compliant." So I'm just going to go through this this form here and check these boxes because I've done this once in five years and now I've checked these boxes and does that get you, you know, are you, are you officially compliant in that you've checked the boxes? Yeah, but you've not mitigated any of the risk. Right. So again, these compliance is a tool to help you manage risk. It's perceived as a burden by a lot of organizations. Right, right. And that's right. a problem. I mean, even even I think when people are, I don't want to say use the word more genuine, but let's say more kind of, uh, you know, less cynical about it. And they don't just want to like be left alone and check the check boxes, whatever they have to do. But actually 
take them seriously. Even when they do do that, say, okay, there's still, I think, this misperception that compliance is security or compliance is risk mitigation that, oh, if I'm giving these guidelines, this is the right things kind of I need to do too. So I think the danger is doubly. I do think, I agree with you. The number one thing is that cynicism that's there. Like, uh, this doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, and, and I think they're totally wrong, but whatever. But part of the reason I think they're allowed to be cynical is because the next set of people that say it does matter still kind of are, are it, it's not enough. It's not good enough. It's not tuned enough specific to their needs to really be more than a guideline and a framework. I mean, to me, like the highest value is, is at least there's an audit trail. That's the thing I appreciate about compliance. And I try to push a lot. It's like, look, I mean, it's not in your mad, not in your, it's more than a checkbox, but you're not magically secure, but these guidelines are valuable that a lot of it is about just because you know, making sure you're doing certain things at minimum and more importantly, making sure you have kind of data about this. So you kind of, you know, your stance better if you follow these guidelines, even if they themselves are not good enough, which, which, you know, I want to talk about too, you know, so, um, but that's right. To me, the danger is double. It's not just like that cynicism that exists out there. So are you suggesting there's kind of a, a false sense of security? That's... yeah, if, I mean, if I, I check the boxes, then somehow I believe I'm secure. Oh well, 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 you know, yeah, I, I, worse than that. In some cases, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, um, a lot of um, uh, you know, people in business think of it in terms of like insurance, almost. You know that that you know, uh, um, you know, if they, it, especially if they hire a provider, you know, to do that stuff for them, and it insures them against kind of something or another. Um, I, I think, honestly, I think it's hard for people to really under, understand risk to, to, for the get-go. Um, but, but I do think the cynicism lies more, comes more from, you know, exactly where we're talking about in that. And I, that I guess I'm not sure that it's cynicism as much as it is. Yeah. Um, deprioritizing. I mean, you're, you know, I work with a lot of clients. Um, who are, you know, they have their businesses they need to run. And security and compliance is not the business they're in. Of course, you know? right, right. You, and that's typically so the as case. A, yeah. as, as a, a, you know, operationally, your business needs to perform its, needs to reach its business goals. Compliance is often seen as a diversion or an impedance to those goals. Yeah, I call that cynical. You don't call that cynical? No, I call it, I think it's the, you know, the nature of business is to focus on business. And businesses have historically mitigated risk by purchasing insurance. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. Um, so, you know, so, so the goal, so traditionally businesses have mitigated risk by purchasing, you know, property insurance or, or insurance for key employees. And it's not been as the other, you know, other than in within accounting controls, there's not been a lot of risk mitigation yeah. that, that, uh, 
that uh, that aspect of accounting controls is fairly old, but for whatever reason, people don't look at kind of IT or cybersecurity controls in the same way that they look at accounting yeah. controls. And I think they should. I think that's the best model, actually, or to, to, to look at or to draw from. I, I think you're right. And I think maybe with this new wave of ransomware, people are starting to realize, yeah, there's actual monetary exposure and operational right, exposure right, right. that yeah. has not been prioritized until well, recently well we're, we're, we're you know yeah we're you know we're getting into kind of like you know kind of how do you do better but um but why do you think it's hard for people i mean we're they're, we're talking mentality but like but but tactically i don't know what's the a big obstacle i mean if somebody got over the hump of okay i get it you know um this has to be a process that we embrace um that you know we collect data on whatever i mean you know that why do people why you know why do they find that so daunting why you know why why well, is that takes, naturally an organization wanting to do that i think there are a few reasons one is is that the the way control frameworks are written mm -hmm. are are a little intimidating mm -hmm. they're very wordy and they're very because they're trying to be as generic as possible for as many organizations yeah that's kind of the flaw be. i'm describing about yeah and he's gone yeah so there's that. It's also the fact that, you know, you you need to dedicate resources and time to it. And again, that that makes it a, a commitment or, you know, like any other kind of risk mitigation, there's a cost related to it. Whether that's, hey, I'm bringing an outside audit firm to check my books on a yearly basis or... Yeah, you know, I'm 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 setting I I have controls in place to make sure I've got checks on my uh, you know on my account signers and things. Yeah, yeah and, and I would argue it's definitely the you know executive level, not just the management level, that really has to participate, and those are tough resources to grab. So um, so it's slow, and I, you know I I, I would right. Think that's well, an the executive thing. level certainly needs to sign off on things. Operationally, you have to get those controls in place yeah yeah well well help me to understand too or, or later uh, you know our, our, in our audience of course you know how much does it matter I'm, I'm specifically talking about getting through setting the priorities carving out the time understanding this is important understanding it's going to take time understanding that it's tedious how much does it matter what's the value they're going to get what how much of a benefit is there or how much danger is there if they don't set these priorities? Well, again, I mean, now you're talking about quantifying a risk. So it depends a great deal on the organization. Most, most organizations that need cybersecurity programs, you know, can't function properly without those IT resources being available. So I would I would argue the risk is fairly substantial, you know, yeah. a, a breach of some kind which impacts uh, either business reputation or operations. That there's at this stage, the, those are fairly high risks okay. for most organizations. Okay, but you're but you're talking about like like you know risk and in cybersecurity risk. I'm talking about compliance. 
how much does compliance matter in that to, to that company? Understanding that compliance and, but compliance and, is and, just and, a ro- compliance is just a tool to help you mitigate risk. Now you may, as a business operator, you may be under governance from an organization that demands you meet a certain compliance, right? Mm-hmm. But even if you're not, you know, let's say you just make a widget. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense for you to be at least like NIST 171 compliant. I would argue yes, definitely. Because the impact to your business of at least not following those guidelines and saying, you know, I've put these controls in place and I audit these controls on an annual basis. That makes a difference. Without doing that, your risk of, of... a malicious actor or of some other force impacting, you know, business operations or, or, um, business reputation is significant. Okay. Okay. So I see. So, um, we can't magically make all these compliance frameworks be specific to any particular organization. It can't calculate kind of impacts and costs and whatnot. It can't even necessarily identify uh, exposure, but it's very powerful as a framework and a guideline and a collection of data and attestation and whatnot so that it does matter. It does matter to be compliant, even though you're not done, you know, going through that process. It is. Right. I mean, they're, they're, again, frameworks will give us kind of some best practices. You know, yeah. so so the the new NIST framework will give us best practices of what should password length and password rotation and password policy be. Great. It will give yeah. us some guidelines yeah. there. Um, will it say, you know, if I put this in, does it say if I put this password policy in place, now I am secure? No. <laughs> what it's saying is, if I put this password policy in place and I make sure that it stays in place, you know, yearly, I've reduced the risk of password compromise. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's a nice, good, clear examples that I really think is kind of lost a lot at the kind of leadership level, you know, that compliance isn't itself security, but I totally agree. And we should end on that point. It is very valuable and should be prioritized. Um, and frankly, helps guide and dictate, you know, subsequent, uh, you know, activity. Um, well, Steve, thank you. This is awesome. Uh, I know that uh, you, know, you and I are uh, uh, have a lot of topics that, that we have discussed and can discuss. And so we'll, we'll do it again. Um, uh, Josh, thanks for uh, being Mr. Producer. It's wonderful. And uh, thank you, audience, for joining us. And we'll, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, okay, we'll... See you next time. Thank you very much.